for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Monday, November 20th, Thanksgiving week. What a week this is going to be. What a year this has been. A lot of people say they don't feel like there's a lot to give to be grateful for with the tight markets that we've had. But there's always something we can be grateful for. One thing we're grateful for is that we have you as our listener. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information. And we got a whole lot of that today in a audio format that you can listen to anywhere. Joining me today is my co-host, Mark Helm, and also David Kittles here with me live today. Everyone else is already started Thanksgiving week or very busy. Mark Helm, good to have you here, friend. Glad to be here, sir. And Mr. Kittle, I'm so thrilled that you're able to dial in. I know you've been busy too. Happy Thanksgiving to you and uh, my good friend, Mark. So I'm glad to be here with both of you. Yeah, it's so good. And then Same here. Other industry. There's so much we can be grateful for. We're grateful for our sponsors as well. We have Byte Software. If you have an uncompromising idea of how you want to run your operation, look no further. Go to Byte Software. You're going to love how much you can control the way Byte is designed and manages custom workflows, in-house, macro-based automation, validation rules, and countless auto customization options. And the part I like best about Byte is they don't lock you into long-term contracts because they're afraid of losing you. Some software companies, they're like a cult, easy to get in, hard to get out. Byte doesn't treat it that way. They treat it like you're going to love coming into us, working with us. And if it don't work for you, fine, no problem. We'll let you out. Short-term deals. It's just amazing how they do it. They have the right attitude when it comes to that. Also, Finastra. They help you create an experience that is powered by a fully integrated approach to the mortgage lending that simplifies the borrowing experience and streamlines the process from end to end for your employees and customer. Also, total expert. Oh, love Joe and the team there. These guys care about their customers. They're calling me and say, Dave, this one, we're trying to work with this one. I love how they really care. And they said, we're wanting to get to them and help them. How Any ideas how we can do that? That's the kind of attitude you get for when you're working with a true pro and a true partner. And that's what Total Expert is. They have built-in campaigns are for lenders that have an intelligence built into them with an understanding of each client's unique needs. You want to talk to Total Expert. They do a great job. Kudos to Joe and his entire team at Total Expert. Also, Lender Homepage. We're so excited to have this new sponsor. And they are an all-in-one AI-powered platform that provides seamless front-end solution to your mortgage business of all sizes. They can help you connect better with borrowers, convert more traffic to leads, and close more loans faster. Check out Lender Homepage. They're a compliment to all the other sponsors that we have here. Be sure to check them out. And then we're very excited to have another new sponsor, Truve, T-R-U-V. Unlock the power of open finance. Truve lets applicants verify income, employment, assets, insurance, and switch direct deposits. The nice thing is Truve is a competitor, one of the leading companies out there, and they're a fraction of the cost. Everyone's concerned about cost these days. Well, check out Truth, what they can do for you by going to their website. Also, you can check out all of our sponsors on our website, Look at Unlending, and there you'll find links to all of our websites, all of them, as well as under the sponsorship page. Check them out. Angel AI is also there. Love what they're doing, renovating the way they enter, transforming, not just renovating. They're transforming the entire lending experience with their platform. Check it out. Also, listen to the interviews we've done with Pavon. It's Cray, the creator of Angel AI. Also, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, I Emergent, Mobility, MMI, and Modex. Love all our sponsors, and we're grateful to them. Last week, last Wednesday, on November 15th, we released an episode with John Liss, L-I-S, of True Footage. The future of the appraisal industry, where it's going. Check out that podcast. Upcoming this Wednesday, we're releasing on November 22nd, Joel Rickman of Equifax. 
He's going to be talking a little bit about HELOCs. We talk a lot about a lot of things. I, this Joel Rickman is one of these guys I've recently connected with, become a friend with him. I just connect with him at so many places. He's a family man. He talks about the industry in such an amazing way. He manages over $1 billion book of business there at Equifax. It's amazing. So the guy has a unique perspective. You're going to enjoy the interview. And Spen, we got into the topic of HELOCs and a whole lot more. So check it out. Also, a special thank you to our regulars. We're grateful for Adam DeSanctis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, who's here live, Alice Alvey, who is not here with us live, but sent in a recording, and Alan Pollock, who unfortunately could not make us. So each of them make the podcast what it is and we're so grateful for all of them, as well as, again, you are our listeners. Let's get over to the NBA, listen to Adam DeSanctis and the NBA Mortgage Minute. Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, the Department of Housing and Urban Development published its annual report to Congress on the financial status of the Federal Housing Administration's Mutual Mortgage Insurance Fund. The report announced a strong combined capital ratio of 10.51%, a slight decrease from the 11.11% level in 2022, but still well above the statutory minimum of 2%. FHA's report is also the first look at the impact of the MBA-supported 30 basis point reduction to the annual mortgage insurance premium announced earlier this year for FHA-insured mortgages. The strength of this year's annual assessment of the health of the MMI fund provides an opportunity for HUD to consider further changes to the level and structure of FHA premiums. In a press statement after the report was released, NBA President and CEO Bob Brooksmith said FHA's move to lower mortgage insurance premiums earlier this year improved purchasing power for many home buyers, but affordability challenges persist because of low housing inventory and high mortgage rates and home prices. Further action, such as eliminating the life of loan premium requirement, should be considered to provide payment relief to FHA borrowers. NBA will work with HUD as it evaluates any potential changes to FHA pricing in the future. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Good job, Adam DeSantis. One of the reasons why I'm proud to be a member of the NBA, and also one of the reasons I'm proud to have them as a sponsor of the podcast, as well as get behind what so much of what they're doing, what they're talking about there with HUD is so important. It is just a really significant, Mr. Kittle, you were the MBA chairman there for a period of time. Any comments on what they're doing there, especially as it relates to HUD? Any thoughts? Yeah, sure. MBA is an advocacy group. That's their primary goal. And they stepped up, stepped in, and uh, they're spot on with this. Think about the ratio that we're just talking about there, how yeah. high it is, which means the industry is making the best loans it's ever made. Ever. Right? Yes. Ever. So why do you keep charging insurance? It's almost, I'm going to put my toe in a, in a hot pool of water here, but you have title insurance companies filing for increased rates when they pay hardly any claims. So if you want to reduce the cost of lending, really real dollars, get rid of the life of a loan MBA and start lowering some of these title insurance rates. We Re, re, reinsure the same property over and over again. Uh, re, 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 That was not a stutter. That was a real thing we do. Re, 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 re. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So you want to lower the cost to the consumer? There's nothing we can do right now about interest rates. There's nothing we can do about the inventory. But you can lower the cost to the consumer and the first-time home buyer to help them get into the house. Two ways to do it right there, and I applaud the MBA for, for the reference on the, on the FHA. Yeah, excellent. Mark, anything you want to add to that? I agree. And uh, I think David just, just hit the nail on the head. Uh, too many times our industry gets caught up in the fact that we got inflation and everything we charge for has to go up. And I think they're really ignoring some of the key factors that's happened in our industry in the last few years. And it's really good to see somebody stepping up and taking hold of a major issue like that and accomplishing something positive. That's why you need to, listeners, that's why you need to become members of the NBA if you are not. And if you are not, you still can have your voice heard. First of all, you should be a member of that and the co-ops that we have here, especially with the Kittle here. We got a shout out for TMC. But they do, the NBA does things for us as an industry. And you can have your voice heard through the Mortgage Action Alliance app. So sign up for that and have your voice heard. Mom, mortgage. Action Alliance app, download it on your smartphone, log in. You do not have to be a member, although you should be. You do not have to be a member of the NBA to have your voice heard on the Hill. So kudos to the NBA and thank you for that. Let's get over to Les Parker and hear this week's TM Spotlight and what he has in his music parody. 
Parker, what do you have for us, friend? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Have you got color on your screens? Do you ever get that fear that you can't shift your traits that stick around like something in your teeth? Illiquidity and short squeezes live. The 10-year yield takes a breath between 460 and 430, and a breakout by Thanksgiving looks unlikely. But is a storm brewing after the turkey is gone? OPEC Plus meets on Sunday, November 26, and may rain on the Bond Bull Parade. With oil down 18% in less than eight weeks, will oil producers put the brakes on production? Will oil prices move and shift rates out of neutral? Do I want to know? Do you want trades falling back to these views are mine. Survive the doldrums at tmspotlight.com. <laughs> you know what? I'm watching listeners as I'm doing this. Kittle and I are both on a dial in the Zoom call, and I'm watching his reaction on this. And that was hilarious, Kittle. You are so funny. You are hilarious. God, I love you. But I can't believe he hit that falsetto. That's the part that his. That There's some high notes in there between all other stuff. But. Good stuff again. Les Parker, appreciate you very much. Okay, Kittle, a little commentary there, and then we'll go to your mark real fast, then we'll get over to Graham. Like you're right you want me to commentary about the song, the voice, or the content? <laughs> Anyone that you care to talk about, be love, but love on less. Uh, I don't know what to say about that, other than let's talk about the content. Yeah, you know what they say. If, if you don't have anything nice to say about somebody singing, you don't say anything. Right? So. <laughs> there you go. Okay, okay, you got it in there. You got it in there. Anyway, I did. Love you, Liz. <laughs> we do um, love Liz. I know you love Liz yeah. too, and I respect him tremendously. Yeah, I don't see any rate increase on the horizon because there's been so much outpouring about where they are anyway. But I don't see any rate lowering in the short term either. And I'm an advocate for holding tight until we can kill inflation, just because they say that the rate of inflation is down, it's still going up and we haven't killed it yet. I want this fixed. I don't want a bandaid. So I don't see any rate improvement in the short term, but That's again, we idea. are coming into an election year. We are coming into it. As you say, each year, every time we do you, your commentary <laughs> is there's the pressure to put rates down. Mark, your thoughts. I think you just hit the nail on the head there, David. I'm really expecting to see some effort being made on rates probably somewhere around May or June of next year. And, and that'll be a byproduct like it always is in an election year if we have issues like that to deal with. It's just amazing what people can do at certain times of the year that they ought to be doing every day of the year. And it really frustrates me with our, our elected officials that they don't do more to be proactive oh. and then some of the regulatory agencies and cetera that set all the stuff that's going on. So that's it. And I do have to make a comment. I did record Les's segment personally today and I am sending <laughs> it to the voice. The voice is a uh, preview edition tape. So I'll keep you guys posted. I'll keep... <laughs> yeah. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> yeah. How that works for you. Yeah. That's hilarious. Too much fun. All right. We love you, Les Parker. Good job on that. If you want to download and get Les's newsletter, the paid version for free, he doesn't sing in it, Kittle. He, he quotes some music in there, but he does not sing in that the newsletter. But you can download it and get it for free if you put in the word power, which is for power seller great daily newsletter. He spends a lot of time going into it and he gives a good macro view of what's going on. Were you injecting something else in there, Kittle? Did I cut you off somewhere there? Yeah, yeah I was going to about what Mark just said there. It We can't do anything about interest rates, right? You can't do anything about inventory. You just have to go out and the American consumer becomes after a while resilient to where rates are. Somebody's buying a home. It is a broken record. Loans are being done out there. You just got to go do it and quit worrying about where rates are. And when they come down, then you move on that. Move on. Yeah. Yep. 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 It is what it is. Control what you can. We can't control costs. HUD having the life of loan insurance in there that could change. There's a lot of things, other things that could change. I mean, wow, to... what a big benefit. Everybody, ah, yeah. Everybody's moving. And then I even think, again, Dave Stevens, we mentioned him, pointed this out in maybe one of the several op-eds he's been putting out lately, but the industry shifted to more FHA lending. And there's a reason for that. And if we're making the best loans, which we are ever, 
then let's get rid of some of the insurance that's not needed, as evidenced by the, the ratio and the premium. I wonder what's happening. The, the insurance money is going somewhere. Does the government need money? Excuse me for being slightly a cynic here, but I don't think that's going to happen. Just I don't think Fannie and Freddie are going to be coming out of conservatorship because of what it brings to the federal budget. The good news is that we got a pretty decent system, even though we have flaws in it, the best housing finance system in the world still here in America. So put that in as a balanced comment. Let's get a word in from our one of our newest sponsors, Kelk. Did anyone else notice that no one seems to be quitting their jobs these days? Unlike the great resignation during the pandemic, where we all knew someone who was jumping ship chasing remote work opportunities or fat signing bonuses, the Wall Street Journal says that we are now in a period of the great staying put. Looking at the tepid job creation number from October, a flat unemployment rate, and with no one moving jobs, new data also shows that no one is moving houses, and those few that are, are getting older. The National Association of Realtors reports that the median age for repeat home buyers remains near an all-time high at 58 years old. First-time home buyers are also getting older, and they're losing market share. Only 32% of buyers today are first-time home buyers. It was steadily growing through the years, but the latest survey shows it's ticking down for the first time. Additionally, first-time home buyers are also more likely to be in their 30s today in contrast to their late 20s in the early 1980s. Finally, NAR reports that for first-time home buyers, 38% said saving for a down payment was the most difficult step in the process. It is no wonder that down payment assistant programs and buy-before-you-sell programs are growing in popularity. We need creative solutions to get people off the sidelines and onto the field and into the house of their dreams. Until next time, stay inspired, stay curious, and stay connected. I'm Dan Muggy, and that's this week's Calc Mortgage Minute. Folks, let's get over to Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, with his market update. Matt, what do you have for us this week? This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live market update. Last week was an interesting and well-received one for the bond market with a lot of attention on the consumer price index for Tuesday. This was in a position to confirm and comment further on the recent rally, the one that really began two weeks prior on the boatload of important economic data that typically arrives on the first week of any given month. That's the one that culminated in the lower than expected jobs report that took yields all the way down to four and a half percent. The following week had some treasury auctions and some Fed speakers, but uh, was ultimately flat slightly weaker for bonds. And it really put even more emphasis on last Tuesday's CPI. Interestingly enough, there could not have been too much emphasis placed on CPI given the bond market result relative to the size of the beat or miss, depending on how you want to refer to it. But let me tell you what I'm talking about. CPI is uh, most closely scrutinized at the month over month core level. Core excludes food and energy and uh, the Fed's inflation target of 2% is pertaining to the core. Um, it came in at 0 0.2 versus 0 0.3, which is the smallest beat you can have when it comes to CPI. And that small beat resulted in the biggest single day bond market rally in months and uh, took yields all the way down to 4.43%, which has subsequently become a sort of uh, range floor it was exceeded briefly on Friday, but in general held up for the rest of the week. The following day, we had retail sales. Um, while they were in negative territory, they were slightly stronger than expected, and that helped push yields back up, but to a technical level of 4.55%, which had been in play on the way down as well. So what we're left with is a very narrow range without any major obvious market movers on the economic calendar between now and the first week of December. Uh, the narrow range in general, we'd call it a base case, not a prediction, but you know, all of the things being equal um, would be 4.44, give or take, to 4.55, give or take, so roughly 10 basis points. And uh, that's not to say that yields won't go outside that range, only that uh, we can't make a case for something on the economic calendar causing that much movement and uh, we can be sure no matter how bonds move between now and the first week of december that the first week of december is incredibly important because it would really start to stack up economic data that makes a case for the fed needing to cut rates 
as opposed to hike rates. And that case has really already begun and uh, futures markets are already pricing in rate cuts in, as early as uh, March 2024. They're not priced in with a majority, but uh, definitely much more so than they had been recently. <clears throat> Whether that pans out or not is entirely dependent on economic data and uh, the first week of December is really the focal point for that. As always, keep in mind that Thanksgiving week can be a very odd one for the bond market. So while we might not have anything on the econ calendar that looks like it'll cause a bunch of volatility, you can still get volatility simply because of the weirdness of the week. What does weird mean? Lower volume, lower liquidity, that gives fewer traders and fewer dollars a chance to cause bigger market movement than they otherwise might. And uh, the staffing levels on trade desks can mean that uh, programmatic trades are triggered more easily and that can actually create more market movement via mini position squaring snowballs that are sort of executed automatically and not necessarily by human eyes and fingers. That's going to do it for this week. Back to you. Weekly positioning snowballs. Now, there is some new technical talk we got right from Matt Graham right there. Good analysis. I'm looking at the screen right now, mbslive.net. Kittle's always giving me a bad time holding up a cell phone because I have this really cool screen with all of the MBS Live data right behind me. Seeing a nice little rally go on right now, but it's still within that 10 basis point range. Getting down towards the 4.0 and no evidence is hitting 4.5. So we got some range in there. We'll see if that all sticks as it is, but we're adding into an interesting weekend. Again, Thanksgiving, usually not too many surprises. Thanks, Matt Graham. I could ask for commentary on that, but I want to be able to pick that up in when we get to the next segment, which is really interesting. I want to say a thank you again to Matt Graham, MBS Live, for his report each week. You can sign up for his service by going to mbslive.net and putting in LOL for the sign-up code. It'll give you an extended trial period without a credit card. Trust me, just sign up, put the credit card in and sign up. It's so affordable. You can't live without it when you have these kind of markets going on. We have going on right now. All right, we're going to get into the production topics. We're going to talk about what's going on out there. And we've got Mr. Kittle again on the phone here with us, if you were, as you've already heard, listeners. And David, I want to get into uh, a couple of things that are going on. There was a Wall Street Journal article that was published last week about talking about clawing back bonuses from loan producers. And when I first saw it, my first reaction was, what a sad commentary on an industry right now when we're doing clawbacks. We are going out and suing our loan originators to get money. Now, there have been some sizable bonuses paid, in some cases, up at the million dollar or greater range. And then we had a market that cratered. I think the most egregious part of the lawsuit is which was covered in that or the commentary about this particular lawsuit was with guaranteed rate where they paid a guy something like a million dollars of sign-on bonus and then they fired him one month before expiration of his agreement and where he was going to be outside of the having to pay back anything and they fired him and sued him and want to claw back the entire bonus now, there's no word where they're provisioned. No, we don't have the agreements. We're not opining about the lawsuit. We don't know all the details. There's a lot of details in these. And I've been emailing and talking to some of my clients on this topic. There are a lot of details that go into this. But I just say, generally, David, it's a sad commentary when we have companies suing loan originators, especially in a time where we want to keep and encourage as many new people coming into our industry. When you have an industry suing, it's participants, companies suing participants, people that they highly sought after, and the market deteriorated. Some products that were there that helped them in the last cycle get to the higher numbers are not available to them. I just want to get your commentary on this. And I know you with the TMC have to be somewhat careful in navigating, but I'm looking at thematically at the issue. There's one other issue I want to get into, but that one particular one, love your feedback. It's exactly what you just said. We don't have the agreements, the appearance of it. Appearance is everything. Somebody's, that's their reality, their perception. And you're letting somebody go right before the expiration of when they wouldn't have to pay it back. And you're going to get into attorneys are certainly going to be involved. Oh, yeah. Why'd you let them go? I ask, I know when people are doing incredibly large volumes and bringing in when you had such high margins over the past few years, that paying a million dollar signing bonus 
may not be that large of a number compared to what they could bring in based on the production they were doing two or three years prior. But when the market turns, then you have to ask yourself, who has input into that in that scenario? And there's just so much in that. My comment will be, it's a shame that we're suing anybody uh, over this stuff. I get it. Companies need money. They put it out. You didn't produce. But then why didn't that individual produce? All that's going to be brought out and and they're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees to get here. And nobody wins from lawsuits generally. So it's tough. It's a commentary of how bad this market has turned when you have lenders and employers. I think there's many arguments, parts of that argument that were in that article. And I thought it was a well-written article. I thought it was, they tried to do a fairly balanced job of that on writing that. And there were contracts signed. And I think what the thing, the time of the takeaways on that. And the next thing I want to talk about, we're in a litigious season right now. I'm going to talk about another lawsuit that's going on. We're in a litigious season right now probably haven't seen, I don't remember seeing in our industry. I've been at this for 50 years since 19 September, 1973, never seen anything quite like it. Certainly there've been lawsuits. Certainly I do a lot of legal expert witness work. Mark does that. So we all know, David, I think you've done some of that as well. So we know lawsuits exist and we do need, there's experts on it, but it's just the flavor of these latest rounds. That's just sad. So the lesson, the takeaway, and we'll talk about the takeaway because it's applicable to this next one. Mark, do you want to uh, make put in commentary to this on this? As a co-host, I've been going to, I've been going to Kittle for a couple of comments, but I should be coming to you as well, and I definitely want to. Your thoughts on this Wall Street article? I think it's interesting. It's like a state of the nation kind of play that's going on right now. If you do a comparison of it to the football coaches that are being let go and the big bonuses <laughs> they've got and all. I think people are, generally speaking, I'd, I'd love to see that contract. I really would love to see the contract because I don't know how you do a sign-up bonus and somebody works for you for 11 months and, and then you claw back the whole bonus. That's very interesting. Something had to happen along during the road there. But I think it's it's about what we're about in this country today. We seem to promise people the moon to get them to come work for us or do something for us. And then some people can't even last a year in that job or like a football coach a couple of years or sometimes just a year and they're gone and you start all over again and it's recycling money. And I agree a hundred and ninety nine percent, Mr. Kittle, uh, the litigation is just an elongated process. And it seems like the only people ever went on that is the attorneys, but people want to do it. And it's a livelihood. And there are people like myself that do testimony in cases like that, but it's a strange well, I- world we're in on that. I'm really surprised by that clawback lawsuit. I really am. Yeah. Especially aspects. I reached out to a couple of my clients. I'm not going to mention any of the names because I want to respect their views on this. And and I put the commentary kind of sad. And then I wrote back, I'm sure you're not doing this. And one of them wrote back and says, actually, we are. And gave me a scenario that I'm going, yeah, in that situation, I totally get it. I totally get it. This person sold themselves in. I won't come unless I get all this money. And I'm this and was beating their chest. What an amazing originator they were came in there and did nada, zero zip, next to nothing. And they sold themselves into that, but I'll join you with this and then sign the contract. And yeah, that's where you get feel like you were sold a bill of goods. I think each one of these are going to be litigated on the merits of the agreements, what was said and all that goes into that. I think the attorneys are going to want, they're going to win on this. Some cases it may be warranted and there may be a case that can be made for them. Some of it, but it's just generally speaking, It's sad. All I say is read the agreements you're getting into, loan officers, originators, make sure the emails that are going on back and forth are consistent with the agreement. Be wise in this because everything, when when it goes to court, everything you've ever said or written will be used against you. And that goes to my next case. And I'm not going to name the two companies, but there's one of the largest lenders, one that I've worked with and very close to, which is suing, just happens to be another one of my previous clients. And that just hit the press over the weekend has to do with some individuals who left that were key to the the plaintiff's lawsuit. And they left and promised they would never do anything, signed agreements that said they would never harm the company, do anything. And then it's allegedly that they went out and did just the opposite. And they joined this other company and uh, they're reportedly allegedly doing very egregious things. And, Again, we're in a climate where people are reaching and striking out. In that particular case where this lawsuit talks about, and it's in this article, it says this they have a person inside 
going through and call and scraping out of the company data, the plaintiff company's data, specific information that's clearly outside of any logic anyone could have. Why would you do that? It's just stupid. I think when you're recruiting, so I'm taking this as a walk away. Now, Mark, I know you probably can't comment because you're an expert witness on a lawsuit that's very similar to the one that was just talked about. But I think the tight takeaways is what I'd like to go with this. Number one, agreements are created. Don't sign the agreement. If there's a big check they're waiting for you, just realize you could be giving up what you might perceive as right. So read the agreement. Are you really comfortable? And is the money worth that? And if you sign the agreement, live to the agreement. If it's a non-compete, live to the non-compete. Don't try to go around. And I'm not saying in the particular lawsuit of these two companies, I'm not saying I have not looked at the data. I'm not judging, but we all know that goes on. There's some level of that's going on. So Mark, I'll let you throw in a few comments. I know you can't say much because you're taking the stand on another lawsuit similar to this. So anything you want to throw out there before I go to Mr. Kittle on this? I, I just think you hit the nail on the head. People need to be very prudent in what they do and review things and make sure they're on the same page with everybody. And I think that's what's critical. And I believe honesty is the most proper thing in all aspects. And if you're honest about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're doing it, then hopefully you'll avoid problems in the future. Very good. And then Company data, David, you said and think about how violated when you owned your own mortgage company, I've owned three mortgage companies, Mark's owned his mortgage companies. If someone left you and was saying, oh, I love you, David Kittle. I love you so much. You're the best person in the world. They would say that because you are a lovable guy. And then you find out they're going in to your database through one of your other employees and they're extracting very meaningful data that is very proprietary to your business you would feel horrifically violated. That's just easily traceable. So it seemed this particular lawsuit you're talking about here seems more cut and dry than the one previously. But I'd like to make a comment on the other one. You gave yeah. good advice to the loan officer, always read your agreements as everybody should. But I'm wondering from a lender owner perspective, who the hell's doing your due diligence on the LO you're hiring before yeah. you offer the contract? I mean, yes. it's both ways. It's just... It's crazy. And there's not always been the greatest amount of loyalty in our business over the last 40 mm -hmm. years anyway, but it's near zero existence these days. And we just aren't bringing in training and building our own anymore like we should. And I think, and I may be wrong in this, I don't have anything to base it on. It's just going to be an opinion. But most of this stuff's happening with people who got in the business in the last 10, 15 years. The know? best of the best of the best of times. Made a lot of money and they just think they're God's gift to the mortgage industry. And that's what's brought on to some of it. It is not taken away from the success. They worked hard and they did what they did. And they achieved the success they did. Yeah, granted on that, but boy, they had a heck of a market to do it in. We could go on and you know, on. Your point on, point on data, yeah. uh, data is easily traceable. And yeah. I'm not a tech guy. I always tell everybody I can barely spell IT. and <laughs> But you can trace it all back. Yeah, And if you can trace it back, then you got a lawsuit. You got to go for it. If somebody steals something from you. Then you have every right to go after him. Yeah, we could go on and on about this. It's amazing what comes out. Having been in the witness stand as an expert, testifying expert on these cases, and I'm more and more conflicted out. I can't do them as much. That's why I referred this last one over there to Mark. But I think it's one of those things. Originators, use some wisdom when you're signing these agreements. And whatever you do, if you're going to be doing it and you're going to move, Realize if you have an agreement in place, you're possibly going to get sued. You're going to have to pay some of that back. Why not go in and negotiate that? I want to leave. I want to do this. Why not walk through the front door and be forthright about this? I'd like to leave. This hasn't worked out for me. How can we structure this? You paid me money to stay and work out something. I don't know many companies, most companies, the vast majority, I think, would work with you. I think also, David, you said, why do not some companies do due diligence on some of these loan officers? I would flip that as well. I agree. I totally agree with your statement. So I'm not saying other than I say some loan insurers should do some due diligence on some of the companies because there are some companies that are far more litigious out there than other companies. And I think it's due diligence, both directionals, both directions. And if you see evidence of lawsuits and there's someone quick to pull a lawsuit, there's just nothing that is worse and more aggravating than time sucking and money sucking than a lawsuit. It's just horrific. So anyway, two cents on that. We could go on and on, but a lot of commentary, a lot of emotions flowing on these uh, lawsuits happening right now. It's just overall 
and anyone, even the ones that I'm these two companies, I've talked to one of the parties, founder of one of the companies, and he's just sad and sick that he has to do this. But what do I do, Dave? I'm trying to protect what I've got. And that's all spelled out. And I'm not saying anything that's not in the article, folks. It's just sad. Anyway, use wisdom. Use wisdom, listeners. I really do it. And those that are clawing back, just make sure you're doing it such a way. And then if you're hiring someone and paying a bonus, make sure you just stress. There is a possibility that if you were to leave and you don't live this, you do know that the liability parts of this, you've read it. You almost got how you make a consumer sign the bold print in the certain parts of this, make them sign it so that if you have to go back on them, you have made the point very clear. Go on and on. We'll leave it at that. Park it there. Let's get over to Alice Alvey, who could not be with us today, but she sent in a recording with a legislative update. So Alice Alvey, Vice President of Partner Education and Training with Union Home Mortgage. Here is her legislative update. appreciate you, Alice, so much. And happy Thanksgiving to you, an amazing guy you're married to. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dave. Hello, everyone. Well, since we got our continuing resolution to have the budget extended and the legislature is not paying attention to us right now, which is always a good thing, I thought I'd talk about loan quality. It's my favorite topic this time of year because it just it's just the right season to focus on showing everyone the work that's involved between pre-funding and post-closing QC to keep everyone safe and to keep the company running. Honestly, this is such a key. It's worth every penny because it not only ensures that your repurchases are minimal, but it also, if done right, can really add some operational efficiencies. And this is the time of year, December and January, where I think it's perfect timing to get everyone focused on this. As you're closing out the year, things are a little quieter and then opening up the new year because sales is going to need their push and their energy and all the rah-rah that goes with, you know, by the time you get to mid-January and February, that this is the time of year to just get folks zeroed in, dialed in on what makes good quality. Now, Fannie and Freddie have great websites on these. I'm sure your QC people are very focused on all the tools they have. But what I really stress is it's important to get the entire company aware and engaged on how your QC plans work, what is being done in pre-funding QC, and what is being done in post-closing. Pre-funding is really where the rubber meets the road. You should have all your energy focused on that at first and make sure that that is solid. Post-closing QC, obviously you've got to get that done. You've got to meet the agency's requirement. But where you find and can deliver results and save yourself in post-closing QC is by having really solid pre-funding QC on a huge percentage. That's not a 10 or 20%. Your goals should be up at, is it 50 or 60% of your loans get looked at for something? Pick a targeted category. So a few tips that I found in the Beyond the Guide that might make you very interested in going and checking these out and talking about it across the company. Think about taxonomy. We use this word. It's the categories that are used to define where a problem exists when pre-funding QC or post-closing QC, which I'll just call QC in general, where they find a, an error, they, a finding. When there's a finding and they categorize it, make sure everybody's using the same categories. Make sure the categories are detailed enough that you can really find out where the issue is. It's not just a category of assets, but it's a category of a type of asset that you might need to zero in on, like FHA gifts, right, which can be super complicated. The other area to think about in categories is training. Are my Is my training group using the same type of categories for logging where people are taking training? Do you have things broken down that when someone says, hey, I had this problem in QC, how did we solve for it? Most of the time, there's some type of training or coaching involved. Are they using the same categories and uh, taxonomy in their um, categorizing and reporting that allows to make those uh, pieces meet? Publications, what type of documents do you have that people are referencing? Are those using the same type of categories? So really thinking outside the box beyond just QC as uh, one tip that I have. Another thing that I found in there is there's some great reads about the technology that's available. Are you talking to your vendors to make sure you are using your tools 
as all the way with all the features and full value that's out there. So make sure you're using your software pieces correctly. And I know Alan can talk quite a bit about that. And then the third tip I'll talk about is escalation processes. Can you find out what the problems are? Do you have hard stops or alerts or some other type of escalation process so you know where people are struggling every day so that you can pull those numbers together and say, well, let's get a group of people together, meet and talk about where are the pain points in our business process so that we can then get to the bottom of what's actually occurring. And what a couple of lenders have found that I've talked to recently is that it's not the technology that the problem is, that where the problem is, they'll say, oh, the technology doesn't work. Eh, you know what? The technology is probably working. It's probably the operators or how we have it set up that really needs to get taken a look at. So look yourselves in the mirror as you're going through all this great QC information. Don't look at it as I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I got that done. You know, where's my checklist so I can do the minimal Look at these items to go. These are great tools to point out where can I get better, faster, and more efficient. This is the time to do that. Focus on getting better results to reduce your margins and be geared up for 2024. So have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving, everyone. And I look forward to being back in person next week. Thanks, Dave. Alice, we look forward to having you back in person next week as well. Good report. There's just good stuff from someone who is a mortgage veteran in there. Pay attention to that. You can listen to all of Alice's segments. We've done a great job. Ben Delacruz, who's on my team here, works on our website diligently to make it as easy as possible for you to go download each person. So you can binge on Alice. You can binge on Alan. You can binge on Mark and Kittle and all the rest of us in that section. In other words, it's just all of Alice's all listed out. It's really important that we be able to get those updates on all of this. Good stuff. Mark, any quick thoughts, reflections on Alice's comment? I'm totally amazed that Alice, she ought to be president because <laughs> every week she comes up with valid points and hits them right on spot. And yeah. I just, I really love her participation and contribution to the podcast each week and really gives some insightful viewpoint from her years of experience in our business. But I, I, I do wish our politicians performed in such a manner would be a different country. It's such a good citizen of our industry and it's not a great representative. And that's why the NBA has used her to speak as much as she has. That's right. Cosgrove pulled her in and brought her in. David, Mr. Cosgrove, he's a smart man. You know him well, you're good friends. He was a smart guy by going out and taking care and getting sure he got Alice Alvey inside of Union Home. Your thoughts on what Alice had to say in there, Mr. Kittle? Yeah, she's spot on. First of all, whatever Bill's paying her, it's not enough. I remember back when we had one of my companies and we're looking at and we analyzed how much we were using one of our LOSs at the time. And I think most companies probably, they get to a certain point and they don't even know what their LOS will do or what their vendors can do for them. So I think Alice was spot on about that because we were using, at the time, I forget what it was, maybe in Calix Point, we were using maybe 30% and it could do all the other things and make us more efficient. And you really need to know what you bought. And mm -hmm. uh, so she's spot on. Yeah, good spot on again, as they say, again and again. Very good. I appreciate it. Speaking, you brought up technology. One of the things that I'm hearing over and over from our clients and so many people we talk to about how frustrated they are with their technology partners. You heard me talk about Byte Software, how they work their contracts, how they're so agreeable to it. Same thing with what Pavan is doing at Angel AI. You don't even pay for a tech stack. You only pay for when the loan is funded. It's amazing what is going on. Check out Angel AI. Let's get over to Alan Pollock with his tech update which is going to be the last segment of this podcast today. But let's get over to see what our good friend Alan has to say. Appreciate you, Alan, for being here and sharing this insights. Hey, David, thanks for having me today. Sorry I can't be here live, but I've got some great content. First, let's start with this. You ready? Amazon, two interesting updates about Amazon. First, they will start selling Hyundais to the U.S. customers via a digital showroom in 2024. It's only a month away. Uh, local dealerships will then complete the deliveries. So this will be interesting. Who knew they'd get into the car dealership business? They're already in healthcare, by the way. Uh, and second is they are now selling security robots for your business. $2.4,000. So it's $2,400. 
and you can have an autonomous robot patrol office spaces 24-7 with HD night vision cameras. And for an extra $99 a month, the cute little wheelie fella, that's how they call it, the cute little wheelie fella, he will notify ring agents if he detects something out of place. Very, very cool. So check that out if you want more information. Uh, David, with artificial intelligence, a lot of you may have heard that OpenAI CEO Sam Altman is now out. So there's a lot of controversy around it. Um, there are reports that the company speeded development as one source of the rift of the board, mainly believing that OpenAI was moving too fast, and Altman is now believing they're moving too slow. Uh, so anyways, there's a lot of information about that, so you want to definitely look further into that. There's gonna, It's going to be all over the news. You'll hear all about it. Um, <laughs> this one made me laugh, David, probably because when I look at my bank account, my kids are always going to Starbucks. Uh, I'm not a big fan, but now across 200 stores, they're going on strike Thursday during the company's Red Cup promotion day. Ultimately, Starbucks workers united, which represents 360-plus stores and 9,000 employees, are bargaining for improvements to staffing and scheduling. And if you remember, there's been a number of other organizations, including some at Amazon, by the way, that did exactly this. If you remember, it happened at Google and many others. Um, so it looks like it's a uh, it's not a new trend, right? This has been going on forever. But anyways, keep an eye out on it, Starbucks employees. All right, let's talk about some cool mortgage stuff. I had the pleasure, and I told him uh, I would I would mention this uh, with a with a longtime mortgage friend, 20 years, Tim Anderson. He and I had lunch on Friday, and talking about all kinds of great mortgage stuff. But he now works over at Stavi, that's S T A V V Y, because they acquired Signia Documents. And so Stavi, if you don't know them, I'm sure you've heard of them. They're a fintech firm specializing in digital and remote collaboration for lending and real estate companies. Well, they they acquired e-closing tools, e-note, and e-vault services, and on top of that, e-registry capabilities for agency and non-agency loans. So if you're friends with Tim Anderson or you want to be friends with Tim Anderson, uh, feel free to reach out to him. Uh, very interesting. By the way, Tim was over at Evolve Mortgage Services, which is where uh, all of his software was acquired from uh, by Stavi. All right, let's talk about Black Knight. So there was something interesting going back uh, the last few months, David, with all the different digital mortgage presentations that occurred. I thought this was really interesting. So get this, Black Knight has a property valuation tool. It's available on either mobile or in a web browser, and it, it's called Validate, all right? And it pulls property information based on the address entered, and before it asks the borrowers to capture photos of each room. You ready for this? It uses AI, of course. And it validates and analyzes all the information. Then it takes the photos and then analyzes those. And it delivers a report to underwriters and originators on the condition of the property and an estimated value with a few se- within a few seconds. Very cool tech. We know that there's a whole world of people and thoughts around modernization of the appraisal process. It started, obviously, before COVID. It was accentuated during COVID. Black Knight's doing some cool things. There's others, by the way. Black Knight is just the one that caught my eye today, so check that out. David, also, Walters Kluwer, you know, they surveyed 110 mortgage and financial executives. Now, this is similar to what I just told you about Stavi. I, I think it's it's more geared towards closing is what I'm getting at with this 110 executives that were surveyed. Not a giant amount of people, but it's still, it, it's a good sample size. But ultimately, here's what they found. Most lenders of these 110 see higher ROI using technology versus human capital. Okay, that's great. But those same lenders say technology investment is key to being able to respond and scale when the market returns, right? And that's what we've been saying on this podcast is we've got to be ready, invest in technology. And then they also said, David, a majority of lenders anticipate investing specifically in digital closing technologies to be ready when the market turns to ensure scalability. Doesn't that feel like Groundhog Day, David? Doesn't that feel like this was COVID? So clearly we haven't made enough moves. Either we didn't understand the tech, we didn't want to invest in the tech. Um, Post-COVID, you know, rates were coming down and, and we were moving. So now's the time to do it. Don't wait for when things change. Do it now, folks. And then ultimately, they said 69% of these 110 people say they need to still invest in digital closing, e-vault, e-signature, 
Ron and all this other technology. And about half say they need to invest in new document generation solutions. So there's a whole world of either confusion or we've, we've been too, too lax in this area. Um, but now's the right time to start looking at this. It was a great survey that they did. Um, let's move on, David, to pricing engines. Man, I love pricing engines, as you know. Um, somewhat of a sarcastic comment, but somewhat not. Anyways, Ready Price just launched. They're calling it Shop, Lock, and Deliver on their innovative platform. And they're saying that um, you can now get competitive offerings from multiple lenders, get rate lock guarantees in real time. All right, I don't think that's any different than what we've ever heard. But now they're saying you get underwriting findings, okay? And that's the part that I thought was worth mentioning today. Underwriting findings is different than eligibility findings. So how much loan data do they have at the time of lock, right? Did it come from a point of sale? Do they have income, assets, employment? Have they already gotten a soft credit score in order to say that they're giving you underwriting findings? But anyways, I would like to learn more. So, you know, if you're at Ready Price, reach out to us. We'd love to love to hear more. But otherwise, David, and to our listeners, check out Ready Price. Pretty cool update that they had. Uh, David, I also thought, speaking of pricing engines, this was a great one. Optimal Blue, they call it Capture Lead Analytics Platform. So now they're helping to identify specific loans in your portfolio or lead database that could benefit from refinancing based on equity positions and current first lien rates. So it's a marketing tool, right? They have the ability to look deeper automatically at loans in your pipeline. They're saying it's near real time and it's personalized pricing scenarios able to engage with the right customers at the right time. So hats off to Optimal Blue. Love to learn more about that as well. Uh, and then, David, finally, you know, we always talk about an awesome AI solution. This is one that I have done myself. I've tested it. I pay for it. It's called Landing Eye. And you can build landing pages. You can use generative AI for your description content. But ultimately, you can launch those landing pages in minutes. I have three of them. I've done it. It's an awesome tool. It's like 49 bucks. Go check it out. It's called LandingEye.com. Otherwise, have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll have some analytics on mortgages and turkeys uh, next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you, Alan, so much. That was excellent. Very good report. Love that one. A lot of good information there. I'm quickly going in and updating and Googling away on the things that you're reporting on, Alan. That's good stuff. So very good. Mark, every time we have him on or every one of these segments, Mark, they just keep getting richer and richer. I just love the information. You and I both have said numerous times, we're so fortunate we get to host this podcast because we're learning so much as we do it. And we are so glad to share it with our listeners. Your thoughts? David, you're, you're exactly on point. I learn something every week. And I think that's what life's all about. If you can keep on learning. And we certainly have the people on this podcast that give you an opportunity to do that. Yeah, we do. It's a good podcast. We're so grateful for you again. So this is Thanksgiving week. We're grateful you, our listeners. We're grateful for Adam, Les, Matt, Dave, Alice, Alan, and Mark, all my co-hosts for being here, making all of the content possible for you. Be sure to share this with others and be sure to say thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, Lender Homepage, Truve, our newest sponsor, as well as Angel AI, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, The Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, IE Mergent, Mobility, MMI, Modix. We're so grateful to have each one of them. Be sure to have a great week and a great Thanksgiving. What are you grateful for? We'd love to hear from you and what that is. We appreciate you again. We're grateful for you, our listeners. Have a great Thanksgiving week, everybody. So much more than about turkey. It's about family and just taking a moment to just bow your head and saying a prayer of gratefulness for what it is that you have in your life. I know we all wish we had more. We certainly wish we had more business, but we are grateful for what we have. Let's have an attitude of gratitude. Have a great Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.